wonderful. And so I, I was going to start the revival right away, and some dear, good friends of mine that just couldn't say no to him, Brother Oregon Bright and many of them in California, the Christian businessmen, asked me to be in Idaho, and I got to go to California anyway and go to Idaho for Tuesday. They're going down Snake River and so forth. Want me to go with them, so I had no meeting schedule, so, uh, you know, somebody does something good for you. You love them. <laughs> That's right. It didn't good to me, so... I went in and asked the Lord, and it seemed like he told me the R.S. me go, so I'm going then, and then come back, uh, God willing, and start the revival, and have a good old-fashioned time. Now, we want you to uh, be thinking of it and praying about it, that will, God will just open up the windows of heaven and pour down the revival spirit upon us. As we said this morning, you know, the water and the, for instance, the river, I could say, now, when the, sometimes that river just so rough and jumping and bouncing, but it hasn't gotten no more water in it than it has when it's just as quiet as it can be. But it's got a revival going on, you see, and the winds are blowing down on it and making it jump and rejoice. And the good thing about that is it floats all the sticks and trashes are set into the shore. So that's what the revival does. It just bounces us around like that and stuff. It just gets us, we're bouncing down here and bouncing up and bouncing over there and over to pray for this and down to the neighbor to see. First thing the old Lord reveals to us, you know, you oughtn't to talk about that neighbor and have, well, go ask him to go to church. That kind of bounces a little drop back, you know. <laughs> so that's what we want to do in this coming time. Now, don't want to take too much of your time for an old tomorrow is, is Monday and work day. And then during the time of the revival, if God willing, we just want about a good hour and a half or two hours uh, of a night, song service, and then go right into the teaching of the Word. And I think if songs are marvelous, but you can ruin a meeting by songs. You see, too many of them. See, we can sing, but what the house of God is, is for the correction, for the word, for understanding the instruction that we know how to behave ourselves. And I think you've got your songs just fine now, just like it was tonight. That's very fine. Now, during this time, we'll have some specials, of course. You can't put them all on one night, but night after night, we'll have specials and we want you to invite the folks to come in, and because we might have to announce it just at once when we get back, and uh, look for it, and we'll put a little ad in the paper, and, and you all come on out. Now, it will not be a healing service. It'll be a revival. Now, a revival doesn't mean bring in new converts. A revival means to revive them that's already converts. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. uh, a revival means to revive, see, to bring up, to make life again. And the church, sometimes we get just a little slack, and so we're looking for one of those old times like we used to have a long time ago. Gertie called me a while ago and said her and Sister Angie would come and sing that camp meeting time 40 years ago for me. <laughs> so we expect and, uh, and tell the other church brethren and sisters that they're all invited. Now, tonight we're studying a very deep subject announced this morning. And I certainly appreciate the hospitality and kindness of our brother Neville, always willing to step back and let us go out front and everything. That's the real brother. Get his pulpit right up just the same as it was and nothing so to do. So we, I appreciate Brother Neville very much. And he's always been cooperative in everything that I've ever asked him to do. He's been right on the job to do it. Just like that. So I appreciate a brother like that. This morning, We've been studying for the last four months or something like that in the ninth or tenth chapter of the book of Hebrews. We started the eighth verse and 
got through till about the 25th, I think, this morning. Then tonight I announced to teach, if the Lord willing, on the, the unpardonable sin. What is the unpardonable sin? Now, to get a background, we want to go back into the Scripture reading and review just a statement or two of this morning, and then get in on this subject of the 25th verse, or the 26th verse, rather, and of uh, the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Let's start to reviewing from about the 19th verse and find out a few things. Paul, speaking here, is trying to separate law and grace as a principle or the main subject is separating law from grace. And in here he brings out the approach to Christ by the law, the approach to God by Christ. And he's separating them together, showing that wherever part plays and all in the Gospels, they all play the same part, only it was under different dispensations. Then we've had where that the worshiper come, made his offering on the bleeding sacrifice. This morning we turned over into Job, mentally speaking, found Job living under the days of the offering, the burnt offering, and he thought maybe that because his children might have sinned some way that they didn't understand that they had sinned, Job made a burnt offering for his children. To be sure, I like that, don't you? Interest in your children, making a burnt offering. Offering up a prayer under the sacrifice of a sheep's death, that his children would not be lost if they had sinned, that God would forgive them of their sins. Then we take on through Job and find out in the end how it paid off. God, after Job had went through his time of chastisement and trials, at the end it paid off. Job never lost any of his children. He was restored all of his sheep. All of his cattle, all of his ox, all of his camels, double, and then God restored or gave him his children. They were all dead to the earth, but they were waiting in glory for him to come. None of them lost. See? God gave Job his daughters and his sons. What it means to live and walk in the light that you had to walk in, living up to all the rules. A dispensation where he ruled. We find in the Bible Zechariah, the father of the John the Baptist, which was the second cousin to Jesus, that he was a just man. Did you notice it in the scriptures? Just man, living under the law. And in his house there was prayers made continually. And his wife, uh, Elizabeth, was barren. It was the Holy Spirit came to him in the far, or Gabriel it was, the archangel, when he was making his offering of waving incense, burning incense while prayers was being made in the temple, that the archangel Gabriel come to him because he was walking in all the light that he had to walk in. That's all God can require of us. Amen. All the light that we have to walk in. That is where the gospel, the... The mineral object of the Gospels has failed in heathen lands because we've only brought them a theory or some theology, rather, that 
some man has made up, and in that we presented it to them, and it's no more effective than the own worship that they have. In other words, if they're taught that the sun is a great power, it controls the earth, it does in a certain sense. But then they believe that that sun has a power, that through the sun comes vegetation, through the sun comes life, through the sun comes... Well, that's exactly true. But the sun is only a creation of the Creator. We had one on the platform there. Uh, you've probably gotten letters of it. Many of you know the missionaries and things in there. One come up, they sit and look at the sun until they go totally blind. And they feel if the sun will put their eyes out, then they can't see sin and things of the world. They're blind to the world. And then, in doing that, while they will be saved. Now, that's all the knowledge they have of God. They've been taught that. If they believe it, that's what they should do to make a sacrifice. To have their eyes put out to the sun, they'll be saved. Others walk in fire, lay on spikes, hold their hands up, say they'll never take their hands down until they find peace, and their fingernails grow out through the back of their hands like that for years and years and years, and fingernails grow down, never unclench their hand, hold it up, walking like that. Sincere, perfectly sincere, but they don't have the gospel. Now, and that it's our duty to see that those mortal beings, just like we are, and after all, they are brothers to us as flesh is concerned, for God by one blood made all men. Every man, every human being come off the one tree, Adam, in the beginning. Now, then through that, it's our duty as Christian brothers to take them the true and living gospel. Then in there, when one will be at this time, one worships little animals and insects and so forth. Then, see, they worship the creature instead of create the Creator. Then when they once hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus, they have heard it many times through missionary life, passing tracts and so forth. They say, I said, how many of you gentlemen know about the Lord Jesus? Every one of them. How many of you believe that he was the Son of God? None of them. See? Well, what do you think he was? Well, he was a teacher, just like ours was, so forth. Because this, that there isn't anything to any of their gods that will produce any natural result. But through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ will bring to pass every word he said. That's right. That makes a difference. When this poor man standing there blind, hadn't seen for years and years, I said, what can your religion do for this man? Nothing, of course. I said, but Jesus Christ can give him back his sight now, and he did. So that's, that's the reality of the gospel. Now, Paul here, in speaking in the Hebrews, was trying to tell the people the approach to God was through the bleeding sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's how you approach him, is through Jesus. For he is the lamb to take away the sin of the world. God recognized it. And now he said, in the Old Testament, when they brought the lamb, they made their offering, their sacrifice, held the lamb by its head while it was quivering and dying, the blood flying all over the little fellow as its younger vein was cut. Then they realized that that lamb was dying and their sin. Then they went back out with the same cruelty of heart that they had when they come in. 
the same desire to commit adultery, the same desire to lie, the same desire to steal and to murder and what more. But a man once put his hand, oh my, a man put his hand on the head of Jesus Christ and confessed his sins, feeling the pains and agony of Calvary, what sins, what he had to pay to redeem a man from sin. And the Holy Spirit, out of the blood of Jesus Christ, comes cleansing that man. He goes out a new creature. Amen. And once for all, he goes out a different person. He goes out with all the sin problems settled forever. For by one sacrifice, says the Scripture here, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Amen. And he said the Holy Ghost bears record of the saints. Amen. That one sacrifice forever he made his offering, given his own life, set out at the right hand of the majesty on high, and we have a high priest sitting in the majesty of God in the presence of the great Creator, making intercessions upon our profession. Amen. Then said here in the 19th verse, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Think of it. No fear. That's the greatest pleasure there is in a Christian church today. It's afraid. And the reason they're afraid is because they're not taught right and settled right on the gospel. Amen. No reason at all why this little place here couldn't be a beehive of the power of God, buzzing with the glory of God, flying from everywhere. This little old hole in the wall here almost is known throughout the entire world. This little spot you're sitting in tonight, because not of William Branham, but because of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Amen. and the gospel that they contended for. No, sir, I had nothing to do with it. Not at all. It was him who did it and made the place known throughout the world when it was nothing but a little $1,500 structure or something like that fixed up here with no floor in it. But it's God Almighty who does those things. Now, he has, we have bones to enter into the Holy by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, not the old way, by a new and a living way. That was a dead way, an order of law, but now we enter by grace to the Holy Spirit. Oh, nothing that you could do. The law was work. Touch not, handle not, taste not, eat no meat, keep Sabbath, new moon. All forms of worship, what man did. But in this new and living way, it's nothing that we can do. It's what he does for us by grace. Amen. We just accept it. Christ takes away the sin. We believe it, hear the gospel, believe it, accept it. And then if we truly accept it from the depths of our heart, God gives us the Holy Ghost as a witness. Amen. Then the Holy Spirit witnesses to you that your sins are gone and you are dead to the world. You rise in newness of life, to walk a new life, to live a new life, to live in the power and the presence of God, Amen. not to be cared about with everything no more, but to walk after the Spirit Amen. as sons and daughters of God. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, that walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, to many of you people here, visitors from other churches, I don't want you to think that I'm a pastor at other churches. 
and trying to pack this church. What I'm trying to do is get the carnality out of this church. And that's the main thing I have plenty to do. But to try to, to do that, keep our own doors swept out here. But in doing so, we have to use other examples. And you know, brethren, from your church, we all need sweeping up around. You understand that. So the thing of it is, is to see that God doesn't recognize any organization or any groups of people. If you're a Methodist, he doesn't recognize you because you're Methodist. If you're Pentecostal, he doesn't recognize you because you're Pentecostal. He recognizes only an individual. Amen. That has been born, regenerated by the Holy Ghost and made a new creature in Christ Amen. Jesus. He don't recognize organizations. He don't recognize uh, great uh, gatherings. God never comes in great gatherings because uh, it's a great gathering. He comes because the hearts are in one accord and expecting him to come. Amen. Look at Jesus to the humblest of church. Two or three gathered in my name. Amen. Now I said this morning... I'll say it again just now, that our, our little church here, as far as we are concerned, we try to stand on the unadulterated Word of God. It Amen. must come from here. The churches, when they organize their churches, the things they do, they block off the blessings of God by their theology that God cannot break through to bless His people. They get their church so formal, so stiff, and so starchy, so the Holy Spirit can't come into the church. And then, when the devil seen he had that made, and some was going to break through anyhow, then he let them open the other channels that wasn't the gospel, and run them off into fanaticism. Amen. That's right. See? They either get to be a bunch of fanatics or a bunch of starches. But in the middle of the road, Amen. there's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I spoke this morning, and backing this up now for this great question I'm fixing to ask in a few moments, is this, that man take one another's spirit. Be careful if you don't get some man's spirit instead of the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Go into a church, watch the way the pastor acts, and you'll see the way the people act. If the pastor's real sparky and stiff, the people will be the same way. If you go into words wild and fanaticism, the people will be the same way. So, brethren, we're going to be thankful here in the tabernacle tonight for a pastor that's sane, sensible, and preaches the gospel simple, full, free, and in its power. Yes, sir. If anything I want to represent right in this world, if I don't represent humanity right, I want to represent Jesus Christ in his life. Amen. I want to be a Bible Christian. What the Bible says, that's what I want to believe. No matter who disagrees or who doesn't, I don't fall out with it, but I want to believe the Bible. Amen. This is the Word of God. I believe that that is truly the plan of salvation. Amen. The Word of God is the only rock that will ever stand in waving. Is the Word of God. Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall never pass away. So I believe this is the truth. Amen. As God, I sit the humbly for my little church. Like this, the kids said, I've been meaning because they pick at it and so forth. But as a seer who God shows vision, that's not making me any more than that drunkard that was converted ten minutes ago somewhere. That's right, he's a Christian, the same as I am, both the same heaven, enjoy the same blessings and things that I would or anybody else. There's no great people and big people in the kingdom of God. Amen. We're all one. 
That's right. Everybody's just the same person. Amen. Brothers and sisters, whether we yellow, black, white, whatever we are, we are one in Christ Jesus. Amen. There's no D-D-L-L's and little bitty brothers, deacons and janitors, whatever they are, they're all the same in Christ Jesus. One person, not one above the other. That's why we are brethren and sisters Amen. in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, when we come together sitting in heavenly places with one accord, one heart and one accord, then the Holy Spirit can come in and bless us and give to us the precious Word of God. Then in this many times, see visions, see things. The first thing when somebody tells me, or I pick up on a recording, that I have seen the vision and foretold something, before I say anything about the vision, first I check that vision with the Word of God. Amen. And if it isn't according to the Word of God, I say, I say it so far, thanks be to God, has always been according to the Word. But Amen. if it ever be contrary to the Word of God, I say, don't listen to it because it's false. This is the truth right here, Amen. the Word of God. Man, when we come sanely sound to God, when we come without any malice, any prejudice of an open heart, willing to learn, God's able to teach Amen. when we're willing to learn. But we must first lay aside tradition, lay aside ideas that we've been taught. Now, I know Mother taught you things that was very good and so forth, but sometimes Mother had things wrong. I've got a mother sitting right here that on the very subject I'm coming to in a few minutes told me years ago that she thought the unpardonable sin was for a, a woman to abortion a case. In other words, take the life of a child. So how could she ever be forgiven? Mama? And her best of her knowledge, all that she knew, that was true, see? But it isn't true according to the Word of God. So that makes a difference. So someone said, I was born a Catholic, mother was a Catholic, she raised me a Catholic, I'll say a Catholic. Well, I was raised up a Baptist, but I didn't say a Baptist. When I seen the Word of God said contrary to what the Baptist doctrine was, I believe the Word of God and let every other man's word be a lie. I don't fall out with a man. I say, brother, this is what I believe. <laughs> I'm still your brother, but I believe this is the Word of God. Amen. Now, and when you get settled, foundationally right, then you have bonus to enter in. Amen. Now, I know people, you all got to admit that we have people in the holiness group, we have people in the Pentecostal group, we have people in the, the Nazarene groups, and in the Pilgrim Holiness, and in the Methodist, and the Baptist. And all who just pretend to be Christians, that's not Christians. Down in their hearts, they know they're not Christians. But I don't believe there's any man or woman in any of the groups could ever face Jesus Christ and truly repent of their sins. With a true, full, surrendered heart, then, Lord, I truly believe But what God would place on them, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, right at that time. Amen. Now, you are a believer. But God doesn't recognize your faith until He proves it to you. Amen. Amen. Oh, brother, let me tell you something. When your faith, it might be recognized in your own thoughts, but when it comes into God's thoughts, God seals that faith by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness, and God gave him the seal of circumcision as a sign that he had accepted it. Hallelujah! And the seal of the living God today is the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon the human heart. Amen. 
Ephesians 4, 30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed until the day of your redemption. Amen. The seal of God, God's recognition as you as a believer, seals you into the body by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then, oh. if you haven't been deceived to believe some theory, some feeling, some something, in other words, is all right, I have nothing against it. Whatever way God give it to you, that's God's business and yours, you see. But while a man is ever born to the Spirit of God, you'll find him just as boldly and humbly as he can be, walk up to the throne of grace and know that he has a right to eat from the tree of life. Or something has happened to that individual that has experienced in him that he never found anywhere else in the world. Every man and woman that's born to the Spirit of God has an experience in themselves that they know directly when it happened, how it happened, and what kind of effect it had on them. Every man has ever been born to the Spirit of God. Something happens. Just something changes. It's what is it? It's a conversion. As we said this morning, you've got an old sheet there just as dirty as it can be. Full of ink and everything else. Nothing can take it away. You dip that down in a can full of Clorox or a tub, bring it back out just as white as it can be. That's what the blood of Jesus Christ does to the believer that confesses his sin. Amen. It said there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. When sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stains. Amen. Then when God shakes the sheet and sees that it's gone out by the holy winds of God coming like a rushing mighty man from heaven, he takes the Holy Spirit and seals that into the day of redemption. Amen. Amen. Then the devil looks upon that seal. He can't come to it. Amen. He can tease that in and buzz that in and bust that in, but he can't get to it. But God, he can't get it because there's a seal of God that forbids him. Hallelujah. Forbid him to touch it. That's God's private property. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. That's what makes man walk boldly. They're not scared of backsliding. No, sir. They're not scared what the devil says. There's one thing about it. You can go refer to your reasons and you can confine yourself to reasons. Don't try to reason it. You say, now let me see. Maybe I'll do this. Don't reason it. Believe it. God doesn't come by reason. It's all unreasonable. No man can figure God out. You never did and he never will. You don't know God by reason. You know God by simple childlike faith. He kept his word. He takes the truth and believe it. That's how you know God is by faith, not by reason. Your reason power is in yourself. But faith comes from God. Faith is something born in you. Something that God gives you. And it's the substance of things called part of the evidence of things, not reason. Jesus Christ in his bad minds and the devil's had possessed him till he was a legion. But once in the presence of Christ, 
Yeah. He went home to tell his people yeah. what good things God had done for him. Oh, they say that religion really runs you crazy. It does not. Yeah. You're not in your right mind until you find Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's the only altar yeah. of life who can give you your right mind. Then we have boldness yeah. to into the Holy Spirit by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. By our new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. What does the flesh do? The flesh only veils the blood. The blood is the life. That's the only way to keep life in my body is for the skin and flesh and tissues and sinew and so forth to hold the blood in their places so they can give life to this tabernacle after that I'm dwelling in. Is that right? Amen. That's what veils God from mankind was the blood and sinew and skin of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the unadulterated birth of his who God the Father and the of the Virgin Mary and created in her the blood cell of his own being, the creation. And there his skin kept it from man, but one day the sin of man opened up his heart with a spear, and he burned it out on the ground and was given freely for the sins of the world. Amen. And it's revealed today, and as that blood came forth, also came spirit. And through the washing of the water by the blood to the spirit, we are born into the kingdom of God. And God took that dead, still body laying in the grave and rose it up for our justification. Put it in the right hand of his hand tonight, making intercession. What kind of people should we be? Tiring back down, praise the stage of the ball, since your saved are born again, praise the testify to the drunkards. We have bones. Hallelujah. Say amen to the Holy Father, blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, you know, call you, they call you holy, Lord, they call you everything. What difference does that make? Call him the elderly, but Amen. What difference does it make what they call you? It's what God calls you. Amen. The world said, Holy Lord, eager fanaticism. The church said he's gone off on the wrong track. He's, he's out of his mind, but God says, It's my son. Amen. I don't have that call to praise the man. Oh, man, pat me on the back. Oh, Christ, take me by the hand. Amen. Is that my testimony? Reminds me of a little David one time when the ark had been down among the Philistines and so forth. The revival was out of Israel, and the David was standing one day, and he looked across the hill, and he seen the ark coming. He got to be a holy roller. Amen. He went to dancing and running around as hard as he could, and his wife to be made fun of him. Why, he said, you don't like that? Oh, watch this. And down there, he went around and around the ark. He went dancing just as hard as he could. Amen. His wife had a disgrace brought upon her. She was made barren, and she never did bear children. They come up. Their name in Israel died out. But here's what happened. God looked down out of the heavens and said, David, thou art a man after my own heart. Just that I'd rather have that in all the popularity of the women, man, or whoever it was on his earth. I'd rather have favor with God. God says, I've got to serve him and put my finger on him. He'll believe me and trust me. That's right. You can't do it on a halfway profession. You can't do it on a knitted mind. You've got to do it on a pure, adulterated faith. By the blood of Jesus Christ, Amen. you entered up there and know you touched God by the hand. You're not afraid of nothing, man. We come in by the new and living way through this blood, through his veil that veiled it just a little farther. Having, and having a high priest over the house of God, which is Christ. Listen here. Let us draw near with a true heart and with a conscience uh, and faith and our conscience sprinkled. Well, it was from evil and our bodies washed with pure water. We went through it this morning. Now the water sprinkled there and shuck away. Our conscience with the sin problem, evil and darkness shuck off of it. 
and with our bodies washed with pure water through water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, walk freely and boldly up to God, knowing this, that the evil that I once loved has passed away, knowing that the life that I once lived has now ceased. Not because I did it, because something came in me and did it itself. By grace, He saved me. I believe Him. He gave me the Holy Spirit. The things that I once hated, I now love. A sacrifice that used to be hard for me to go to church, I love to go now. To hear the people saying and shouting, testify, I used to hate it, I love it now. Something has changed me. But I have a new and living way. Something is anchored here. I know when I went out into the water and they baptized me into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, Repent and be baptized, everyone in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of his sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I've been argued at, fussed at, run down, made fun of. Don't make a bit of difference. God said, Don't I believe it? Yeah. Exactly. They're right there, just the same way. They're right on that. Said, You're Jesus only. You're one that should have. I don't care what they say. Yeah. I believe God's word to be the truth. Yeah, and I don't know how popular it is, and that don't make any difference how popular you become there. It's how popular you are up there. Yeah. Well, yeah. a great man recently was asked to preach that. He said, That's the truth. But if I say that in our congregation walk out, I said, I'd rather preach to the four walls of truth. God's able to be found to our children of Abraham and compromise with God's Yes, sir, for someday this book will judge me. That's right. The words of God there will be my judge at the day of judgment. I must preach the truth regardless of how it hurts or what it hurts. Listen here now. Hour going on. Let us hold fast our profession of our faith without wavering. He is faithful, he has promised. And let us consider one another to provoke one another unto love and to good work. Provoke that means to encourage. Encourage one another unto love and to good work. If you see a brother in the church that's got something against the other brother, don't say something to stir that thing up, but say something that will bring them together. Provoke one another unto good work and to love is what we must do. What is that? That's a man that's born again. Amen. If you five brothers tonight don't feel that way when you see your brothers falling out in sharp words between one another, if you don't feel like bringing them together, it's your time to go to the office. That's right. There's something happening in your life. There's something you've been deceived in. You haven't experienced that God wants you to have. For Jesus, when he was reviled, he reviled not again. And we spoke spoken evil of, he spoke not back again. And when, he, when they did evil to him, he turned and did good to them. When they persecute him and they leave the cross, he looked down and said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Amen. If that kind of spirit's not in you, the Holy Ghost has never entered you yet. For if that was the same spirit was on Christ Jesus, the Bible said, let it be in you. Amen. Christ is in his church. Now, Bram Tabernacle, you bunch here, we don't have any organization, don't have any, any sign cards or so forth. The only thing we have here is fellowship. And you who are fellowshipping in Jesus Christ with us tonight, and fellowshipping every night and every time, we're always happy to have you here. We want you to be here. You don't have to join us. The only thing you have to do is come worship with us. And we expect every one of you to hold the true mystery of God in your heart without wavering. Come to the worship and come to the altar and so forth and love one another and be in harmony with one another. If you see a brother getting out of the way, go to him and be reconciled with him if you can. Amen. Right? That's what we've got to do. And friends, if you ever, what are you doing if you don't do that? You're only making yourself a miserable creature and not a Christian. Right? And all that you're doing is in vain. Didn't, didn't Jesus?
to say in vain you worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of man. Say, well, I joined the church, I put my name on the book. I just see things that don't have one thing to do with it. Except the man be born of water and spirit, he will in no wise enter the kingdom. Notice, coming out to the last verse, just before closing or before going into my main subject, then we we'll, won't keep it too long, not forsaking this on yourselves together, coming to church as you see the day approaching much more, people forsaking going to church. The churches are beginning to be evacuated now. The war is over. Everybody's well fed. They got to change the clothes. Got a pretty good job. Settle down. They ain't got time to wait on you when you go to the store. Called the other day to get a furnished stick. Said, Did that? we put it in? Said, no, someone else put it out of business. And said, she to the people who went out of business. Yeah. Just as unconcerned. Recently, last two years ago, they just solicited every bit of business they could. But they got enough money. They don't care. They go, but let me tell you, that trouble ain't anchored holes in you. Amen. I tell you, come not this world's vain riches that so rapidly decay. Seek to gain heavenly treasures, they will never pass away. Amen. I've been through depression, I've been through prosperity, I've seen it all together, but I wouldn't turn loose the hand of Jesus Christ for all the money and the wealth that you have piled on the face of this earth and everything else. He's my friend when I'm broken. He's my friend when I got plenty. I love him when I'm hungry. I love him when I'm filled. I love him when I'm in sorrow. I love him when I'm happy. I love him because I love him because he first loved me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. When I was sickly and dying, he was my friend. When I'm feeling good and I'm happy, he's still my friend. Amen. When I'm laying out of dying somewhere in my chilly veins coming up behind my arms like that, he'll be my friend then. On these brittle threads that I'm walking on bricks and I've plunged out into eternity, he'll be my friend then. When the ages roll on, after 10,000 years, you've sung your jubilee songs, he'll still be my friend then. Yes, sir. When there's no more moon, no more sun, no more earth, he'll still be my friend then as the ages roll on. Oh, how you ought to love him. What is your job? What is whatever you've got? What's your popularity? What's your, who are you anyhow? That's right. Who are you to turn your back on God? Amen. Who are you to refuse to oh, disobey one word that he'd say? Who are you to turn your head at God's word because some preacher or somebody else told you that it was for some other day? Uh, Who are you to believe man instead of God? Uh, you believe God instead of man? Yeah, That's the way to be friends with God? Yeah, now, watching all this together. Then Paul gives this great climax, this great answer now. Here it comes. What? For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Now let's boil it down just a minute here in the closing. I'm going to leave it with you. And right here's where I base my revival coming. Right on the scripture. If we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Look, but a, a certain fearful looking for the judgment and the fiery indignation which shall devour the adversary. He that despised Moses' law died under the died without mercy under the under two or three witnesses of how much more sore punishment. Yea, he who has 
Proud of the blood of Jesus Christ, the covenant which is sanctified with the unholy things done despite to the works of grace. How much more punishment will it be or under the dying lamb that a man that despised or done rejected to the law of Moses, he had to die without mercy because the lamb had died in his sins? How much more is a man rejected who despises the blood of Jesus Christ? Now, the first thing we don't know what is the unpardonable sin. Some of them said it's suicide. Some of them said it's, it's a mother that gets rid of her child, a barge case. Others have said this. Others have said because you once had the Holy Ghost and backslid on the Holy Ghost. That's the unpardonable sin. <laughs> it isn't. No, sir. Let's look at it intelligently. Let's look at it at the Word of God. Now, over in the book of, uh, of Matthew, the 12th chapter, Jesus was cast out of dumb and blind spirit, or deaf and dumb spirit, I believe it was, out of a man. And when he cast it out, the deaf and dumb spoke. The people turned around and looked at him. They said, Why, well, he casts out devils to Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And Jesus turned around and asked them, How could they believe with their hearts full of iniquity and the way they was? Why? Why did he condemn them? Why? Because this, that the word of God itself condemned them. For Jesus, didn't Peter say on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, about 24, 23, and 24 verse, he said, You men of Israel, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you. God approved him by signs and wonders and miracles which he'd done in your sight, which you also are witnesses. Here's the first thing we got to think about now. When we, Jesus said to those Pharisees in the 12th chapter there, he said, If a man speaks against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Ghost will never be forgiven him. In this world, in the world to come, what is speaking evil against? Speaking against the Holy Spirit? Speaking against down. You could be mistaken for the operation of the Holy Ghost. Somebody shot and it could be the Holy Ghost. That could and it could not be. You say speaking in tongues, he's speaking in tongues of the Holy Ghost speaking to it. That could be and it could not be. That's exactly right. Because I've lived to see the time that I know that everything speaks with tongues hasn't got the Holy Spirit on them. I've seen devils speak with tongues. I've seen witch doctors speak in tongues. I've seen drink blood out of a human skull and speak in tongues. I've seen pencils lay on the table and write in unknown tongues and witches read it. That don't mean that they're a Christian. I've seen them shout and jump up and down and praise the Lord and go out and steal and lie and cheat and everything else. Amen. I know that doesn't come from God. But I tell you, brother, where there is divine, perfect love of God resting in the heart, healed the same yesterday to the day, moving on, you can begin to take charge of that. Jesus said, This will all men know that you're my disciples when you have love one for another. Where there's tongues that will cease, where there's knowledge that will vanish. Or there's faith that will fail and all these things there, but when that which is perfect come, which is love, it will never pass away. Amen. That's right. The love of Christ. I can't judge by anything that you do. The only judge there is is Almighty God. But Jesus said, By their fruits you shall know them. Now, we know one thing. Now look here. Here's the whole capping off of every verse in the Bible. We'll just take it in a few minutes and show you. That every place it was spoke of, of the unpardonable, unpardonable sin. Then Paul comes over here to cap it off and says, If we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. Then that's got to be the unpardonable sin. It's right. sinning willfully. Is that right? 
Amen. He that sins will be. Now, what is sin? The next thing you have to find out what sin is. Sin is disobedience. Sin is rejecting. Now, look here. The first sin I had a place here I wanted to show you, the first place of this uh, Schofield here, what he wrote in a footnote here. I'll be just down in Romans, the third chapter. He said here, as he interpreted to Webster, of course, in footnote, he said, Sin is rejecting the revealed will of God. Sin, in its initial form, is to reject the revealed Word of God. What God or will of God. When God has revealed something as His will, and to reject that is to blaspheme or to reject God. Amen. What was the first sin? Let's look at it. You go back there to Genesis 3. You may read it when you get home if you want to. Genesis 3. When God put the garden of Eden, put Adam and Eve in there, he told them things that they, that was his word, that they could do and things they could not do. Now watch when Satan come to Eve, he said, God has said, thou shalt not eat thereof, but surely thou shalt not die. See it? Then Eve willfully, you get it? Eve willfully doing something that she knew God said not to do. Amen. Is that right? Now, look at it. When Eve willfully, the first sin is ever committed, is that right? Eve willfully knowing the will of God and refused to do it. Is that right? That's the first sin. Then what is sin? And St. John, the third chapter, the 18th verse, Jesus Christ said himself, is this, that he that believeth not is condemned already. Is that right? Then sin is actually unbelief. Satan in his enticement told Eve that God said that, but he didn't mean it. See how he whitewashed the word? When I said, now God said it, but he didn't mean it. In other words, your eyes will be open, you'll know a lot more knowledge. Now that same rotten rock is told by Satan to preachers and church members today. To say, the word of God says so and so, but it don't mean that. God's word means just exactly what it says. That's right. I was talking here not long ago to my own churches. My own people, when the sun put it was from out of town, in the healing services, I never presented any kind of uh, doctrine because it's been a mixed up group. But in my own church, I preach what I believe is the truth. Uh, all I preach is the truth, but I don't go into details with it. When Amen. someone seen me baptizing here, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, it said, Brother Ram, I thought you was a, a Trinitarian all the time. I said, you had a lot of faith coming. I said, the Bible said, and not one place was anybody ever baptized any other way but in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I said, but you know, I said, the, I said that thing is laid right before you. A seven-day Adventist brother, which his brother is sitting present now, come up here in my house one time to challenge on the same thing. My brother said to me, he said, now look, brother, you are listening to something that's not right. And he said, Who's Bill Brand to tell me? Well, they come up and listen to the Word of God. So the boy come up and we laid the Bible out and said, Now, brother, 
Are you going to lay your textbook down and we'll take the Bible? Yes, the Bible. I said, then, if God's word says you're wrong, will you let me baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ? And if you, you prove to me that Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is the way to be baptized the Bible, I'll let you baptize me. He agreed with it. And his very first text is on his place he ever got and was condemned right there and then refused to let me baptize him. Now, what does that mean? He, if we sin or disbelieve willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. There's your unpardonable sin. If you know what is the gospel truth, and it's laid out to you, and God has revealed it to you, and you know it's the truth, but just to satisfy some congregation or some petty preacher, or to be popular, that you want to hold on to the things that you want to hold on to instead of taking God's word, Paul said that he that sins are disbelieved willfully, after he has received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Amen. There's your unpardonable sin. Is to know what is the truth and refuse to walk in it. Amen. Amen. Now, you see that's right? That's what the Bible says. He that sins, sin is unbelief. Well, you say smoking is sin, drinking is sin. No, no. That's the attributes of unbelief. You do that because you don't believe. If a man says that he believes, he must be a Christian and walk in the way that he says he is. Amen. See, attributes. The apple is not the tree, it's the attribute of the tree. And because you rise, steal, cheat, smoke, and do everything you call yourself a Christian, it's because you are not born again. That's right. That shows that that's the kind of life you bear. Jesus said, by their fruit you shall know them. See? And if you do those things, the Bible says you love the world, or the things of the world, the love of God is even in you. Yeah. You're just only religious, and they don't have any salvation. Religious is a covering. But salvation is freedom. Hallelujah. Yeah. Salvation uncovers. That's right. It shows what you are. That's true. Now, because we do things wrong is because we do not believe. But if you believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, God's under obligation of your testimony is true to give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost, to seal you into the kingdom of the dead. Amen. That's right. And if you say, well, I got the Holy Ghost, glory to God, I know I got a pillar in the Spirit. Oh, is that even a sign that you got the Holy Ghost? Not a bit. Friends, I've seen all kinds of things fall under the Spirit. That's right. I don't make you have the Holy Ghost. But when you've got the love of Jesus Christ in your heart, when God makes a Christian out of you, Amen. when he steals you into his kingdom, you might fall in the Spirit too. You might Amen. do this, that, or other. Whatever it is, but your life will tally to your testimony. Amen. Your life testifies to life. No matter what you say, people don't believe it if you don't live it. Amen. They ain't going to believe you. You don't believe it yourself, and the public don't believe it, so you're just making yourself miserable. Why don't you come with a true heart and say, God, I confess my wrongs and I believe on Jesus Christ with all my heart. Now God give me the Holy Ghost. He'll do it. Amen. That's right. He'll do it. Then, the fruit of that, because you believe, I say, well, I quit smoking, I quit drinking, I, I quit doing this and that and other. Brother, any sinner can do that. Certainly he can. 
That don't make uh, in, a, in a time of war. You see a man saying he's wearing American uniform. Now, Brother Roberson, Brother Funk, many of soldiers here. You couldn't trust a man because he had American uniform on That might be a spy. He might be a German. He might be an enemy. Oh, he's wearing American uniform. That doesn't make him an American. No, sir. Hallelujah! You might bone get a church in the country and have a page for New Year's, and that don't make you a Christian. Amen. Brother, when you've got a fingerprint credential, then you're an American. You've got a credential to prove that you're an American. And when you've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the power of God working in your life and making you live humbly and peaceful in this present world, day after day, Amen. week after week, year after year, they know where you're standing. That's right. David said it'll be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. Whatever he does will prosper. He'll not wither the ground. Because he's planted by the rivers of water. Yes, sir. His fruits will not wither. His leaves will not wither. You're praying for these fruits of seasons. He's not ungodly. He's not so. The righteous chaff that dries up and the wind blows him away. That's right. From one revival to the other. It has to be revived and revived. But a man once anchored in Christ knows where he's at. Amen. That's right. Now, if we sin, if I am sin, now what is sin? Sin is unbelief. How many know that? Get your Webster's Dictionary anywhere you want to go. Here in the Bible, the first sin was unbelief. Is that right? Yeah. He that believeth not condemned already all through the Scripture, everything. It's unbelief. Unbelief. If I say it's, it's night outside, it's dark. How much is dark? Just what part of that's night? It's all night. Is that right? It's night because it's dark. Is that right? How much is light in this room? Is this part light? Well, the whole thing's light. It's light because it's light. And if you're a believer, you are a Christian. If you're not a believer, you're not a Christian. That's all. For you're not saved by any good works. You're not saved by shouting. You're not saved by dancing in the Spirit. You're not saved by speaking in tongues. You're not saved by keeping Sabbath. You're not saved by meeting. You're not saved by joining church. You're not saved by water baptism. You're saved by faith to grace, are you saved? Amen. Hallelujah. Right. And if you're truly saved, these little things automatically come. You speak with tongues. You can shout. You can praise God. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. When a pastor sees something wrong, he say, look, sister, brother, that's wrong. You're submissive. That's right. You're submissive to the spirit of prophecy, something to the prophet. You're submissive to say, God forgive me, I didn't mean to get out of order. I'm ready to oh, hold up for the church and move on. Then you're going to see a church moving for the glory of God. The spirit of the prophet, subject to the prophet. Everything's in order, the church that's in order. But if you get your head stuck up, say, I don't believe. I just say, I don't believe. That shows right then there's something wrong with you. That's wrong. There's something wrong. You can't stand correction. You know what I mean? The scripture says mark those too. That's right. You can't stand question. You can't stand in order. You can't stand in things of God. Then you fall. Paul said they went out from us because they wasn't of us. Amen. That's right. And he says, all these teachings in the area, he said, when I come among you, these this and these that and these other, said, well, I hear these even contentions of one man living with his own mother and the next one getting drunk at the Lord's table. Said, I hear all these things that ought not to be. And when they went out, he said, well, they went out because they wasn't of us. That's right. He said, you eat at the table of the devil, then you eat at the table of the Lord. Then try to call yourselves Christians. He cut them, he sliced them, he loved them, but he told them the truth. 
And when that generation rises up and Paul stands before him, Paul can say, I'm free from all man's blood. I never shun to tell you the whole truth of God. Amen. I won't have to answer for Paul's day, but when this generation comes up, I'll have to stand as a witness. That if I know something's the truth and refuse to tell it and compromise because of popularity, I'll be cast out as a hypocrite. Or I may be cast out as an imposter. I may be cast out as a fanatic and called everything in the world. Here, but that day God say, you kept my word. I'll keep you in the day of tribulation. Amen. That's right. That's the thing to do. If the Bible taught not the baptism of the Holy Ghost is ceased way back there, I'd teach the same thing. The Bible teaches Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. If it said miracles cease with the apostles, I would believe it. But God said these signs will follow them to the end of the world. I believe it. If they say people can only speak with tongues back in the apostolic age, and the Bible said that's the only age of speaking, I believe it. But he said these signs of speaking in tongues is going to come on to the end of the world. If water baptism in Jesus' name was to cease with the apostles, and in the Catholic Church form the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, if we're supposed to cease back there and start with this, I'd do the same thing. But it's taught that it's the same, this gospel must be preached in all the world for a witness, and then the end will come. If sprinkling was in the Bible, I'd be sprinkling. That's right. Whatever if feet washed was in the Bible, I wouldn't preach it. But the Bible said, Happy are you if you know these things to do them, and I've told the truth. If the Lord's Supper were spiritual and wasn't to be taken natural, I'd say so. But Jesus said, Blessed, to do this and take these articles of his, his body, until he returns again. Amen. I stood with it. Amen. If you said divine healing cease back there, I would believe it. But Jesus said they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover until Amen. the end of the world. I believe it. Amen. Right. I believe the sign for unbelievers. I stand up and see a lot of fanaticism raised up and act like and mock and make fun like that. Not making fun, but they go out and bring reproach. Actually a reproach. Stand in the church and speak in tongues and go out and pout and fuss and go away for the next revival and come back in. That's not God. Right? No, sir. Buy your preacher and own. I don't care. Then you can present the truth to him and say, Here it is, thus saith the Lord. And a man looks at that, he's afraid of it, he walks in and says, Oh, I don't believe it anyhow. Brother, you've sinned against the Holy Ghost. You've done something that you'll never be forgiven for. So you come make that thing right. Amen. If I come as far as the Ohio River and there's a bridge and they tell me there's a bridge to go across on, I say, well, I'm going to take my automobile some other way. There's a bridge that was up there. There's a pole to pay. I've got to cross the bridge. If I expect to get to Kentucky from Jeffersonville, I have to cross the bridge. Is that right? Well, I say, I won't do it. I'll just go buy me a boat and go across on the boat. I'll hire somebody to listen to the franchise on that bridge. When you get down to the other shore, the authorities will meet you right there and arrest you for doing that. That's exactly right. No wonder Jesus said a man come in without the wedding garment on. He said, friend, what are you doing here? Who brought you in here? And a man stood helpless. Why didn't he? In the, old, in the parable there, the bridegroom in the old today, the bridegroom sets the wedding supper. And when it is up to him to furnish the robe, Jesus Christ kept the wedding supper at the end of life. It's up to him to furnish the preparation of the robe. And at the door, the porter, as it was, or one of his close friends, stood there. And every man to come up with a ticket got the same kind of robe. He put it on him. If he was in rags or if he was in strong just the same he wore the robe because he looked just exactly like the rest of them. That's exactly right. And brother, when we come to the wedding supper, we've got to have on the same 
robe that St. Paul had on backslider. We got to have the same baptism of the Holy Ghost. We got to have the same gospel burning in our heart, the same love, or we will be turned out. Amen. Yeah. Say, well, brother, I was Pentecostal. I was, no, sir, that won't shatter you a bit. I was a Methodist. I was a Presbyterian. I belonged to Brown Tabernacle. That won't have nothing to do with it. Fight! You see the gospel truth. How did Paul baptize? How did the early church baptize? In the name of Jesus Christ. What did they do in that? They taught divine healing. They taught the power of God. They taught the literal returning. They taught the natural taking of the articles of feet, horses, and the, and the uh, communion bread and things like that. Broke the bread from house to house with sinless of heart. Is that right? Yes, sir. They believed in rebuking sin where it was and turned things aside. And I surprised it wasn't easy. But Peter told them, said, what would happen to them? When old Simon the sorcerer believed he'd come in and wanted to buy the Holy Ghost or be a great kind of church that I'll put a whole lot of the treasure you let me get through anyhow. Peter said, Your money perish with you. And you had no touch in his order. God bless them man. You had real Holy Spirit conviction and came and tell the truth. Oh, Simon, you're wrong. Simon knew he was wrong. Now if you refuse to walk in that, you blaspheme the Holy Ghost. For he that sins willfully, after he has received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Something I feel, I cannot lie. We went through that this morning, showed that that sin wasn't even known until the law magnified it. The right law wouldn't be known here in the city. It wasn't wrong to run a red light unless it was up. There's a law against it. Would be a law, would be a law wrong to run through the streets 90 miles an hour unless it's a speed law. And we never know sin unless there be a law. Then when law come and made sin magnified or manifested, then Jesus' grace come and took away the desire of sin from your heart. Amen. That taken sin away. The highest thing in the heavens, God himself, become the lowest thing on earth even to represent a snake. Do you know that? He was a black serpent in the wilderness. Is that right? Amen. From the highest article of all eternity to the lowest creature on the earth. And from the holiest thing there was unto the unholiest thing there was. For he took the sin of every man, every beast, every mortal upon himself and died as a sinner with your sins upon him. The second man couldn't come. The second person of the Godhead couldn't come. The third person of the Godhead couldn't come. The fourth person, the angels couldn't come. God himself come down. Amen. The highest to be made the Lord to take away sin. Then men and women... Watch what he said in believing. Now, the Bible one day sinned willfully. The man, in the, when he come and laid his hand upon the dying lamb, he said, I have committed adultery, high priest, and I offer this lamb without a blemish, type of Christ. Put his hand upon his little head, they cut the throat, they quivered and bladed and died and shook, and he knows it right in there, lady, his sins. He ought to die like that himself. He had to die if this innocent substitute didn't die for him. Then, his name, Mr. John Doe, was put on record. He was kept here. One of the Levites kept it. All subscribed. He was kept here then. He had committed this adultery. He had offered this land for it. Then he recognized that the Word of God required one time a year. That's all. Well, he went right back out with the same desire. He seen the woman again, committed adultery again, picked up sticks on the Sabbath, whatever his sin was. He come back again with another lamb before the cleansing of the sanctuary. And when he come back again, what's your name? John Doe. Look down on John Doe. 
What's her crime? Committing adultery. Yeah, we found him caught in the act. Well, you've already done it. You've had one atonement. The Word of God requires you to be stoned. And to drag him from the place out down and stone him without mercy. I don't care if it's the mayor of the town or who he was. Whoever it was, he died without mercy. That's right. Because he had rejected the Word of God. God required one lamb, and he rejected it. Now Paul says, that was under the Moses law. He that despised Moses law died without mercy under two or three witnesses according to the act. How much more will it be when a man lays his head on the Lamb of God, the Son of God, and his torn heart, his bruises, his tears running from his cheeks, the thorns on his crown, the blood running over his face, mingled with salty tears into his tight body. And a man will come and say, yes, I'm convinced that that's the Son of God. And then will turn around and disbelieve his grace and his mercy and his word. Paul said, he that does that willfully, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. But a fearful looking for the judgment and the fiery indignation which shall devour the adversary. My brother, when truth is presented to you, I'm laying this is a basic foundation for the coming revival. You bring your Bible every night. You bring your pencil. Bring your book to check off. And any time that you see anything you don't understand, come let us reason it together. I want to know truth too. I'm just as open for truth as you are. And I want to know what's right and what's wrong. For I don't want to disobey one thing that he said to me. I want every bit of it in my own heart. But it has to come out of the Word. For if we disbelieve willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. Let me drop this and close in just a minute. Look. Now, when Jesus told them they had blasphemed the Holy Ghost, which was no pardonable, unpardonable sin, look. Isaiah the prophet, all Jeremiah, all the prophets, they said when the Messiah comes, this would be him. God, Jesus Christ was the Word of God. Is that right? To reject him is to reject the Word. Is that right? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And here was God's written Word made manifest here as God's Word on earth. His every word He spoke was a Bible. Amen. Every paragraph He spoke was a written Word. He was God's Word. And when the written Word had declared that He was the Word, and when He came manifested here on earth, and those people looked at the Word and rejected it, you get what I mean? Because they lost the passage. Because they had to give up the church. Anybody said, if you believe that kind of heresy, will you put me out of the church? Well, they couldn't believe him. They believed him in their heart, but they didn't want him. They couldn't afford to make a public confession of it. Because if they did, they got put out of the church. So they loved the praises of man more than the praises of God. They said, well, our church don't teach it just that way, so we'll just look at them same old devils live today. Amen. Amen. Sure. They live today. Well, my mother was Catholic and my mother was Presbyterian. And I'll tell you, she was good for mother. Mother walked in what light she had, but the day has come when the gospel light is shining. The idea of Christian churches is dying. It's Amen. failed. God's taking it now to reveal himself again 
to his church, the resurrected body of the Lord Jesus Christ, resurrected our church anarchy, resurrected our cold formal churches, resurrected our fanaticism, God bringing forth a bunch of bones and putting skin on it in the Amen. power of the Holy Ghost that will bring the gospel Amen. to this life, save the signs and wonders to the end of the world. They'll take the Bible, they'll stand by it, they'll live by it, they'll not compromise right or left. Right. They'll stand on the word and move on. And God will be with them daily, confirming the word with signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All oh, you morning stars, rise and shine. Hallelujah. Welcome to watch power. He said, Oh, watchman, why the night? He said, The night cometh. And morning cometh also. <laughs> what? Always the night before the morning. That's right. They kept time to the stars. And just about the time they come to a place before breaking of day, the light coming on presses the darkness until the very darkest time there is. It comes light or darkness just before the break of day. If you're a person acquainted with the mountains, then I don't care which way the winds are coming, how it's coming, how hard it's blowing. Let that first ray of light break the sky, John, and the wind will come right down the channel. Come right down the valley. I don't care what kind of wind is blowing, it will stop right at the break of day and come down the channel. Oh, how it is. Brother Funk was laying there the other night, Brother Roberson and I, man, I walked outside there, put on my shoes, I just started crying, and I'm back in the tent again. I got a revelation standing there, went back in the tent, Brother Woods was laying over there, as hard as he could. Now I'm sitting over there on the side of the place, just crying as hard as I could, shaking. Oh, I've seen something. I said, yes, Lord, the night cometh and the day cometh also. We're going through a great oppressive time when theologies and everything of churches have said, come join ours, come join ours, come join ours. But just as she begins to break day, that rushing mighty wind is coming down the channel again, right down yeah. into the church like that. This is the break of day. Oh, it must be the breaking of the day. Hallelujah. For the same Holy Ghost power is claiming the same that was in the beginning. is claiming it again today. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Oh, man, we're marching towards power as a church of the living God. Hallelujah. Oh, please. You think yeah, I'm noisy? I got something to be noisy about. Let me tell you, my brother, when the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses them all sins. I've seen 23 years now of leading of the Holy Spirit to yield myself to Him and I'll pay attention to what He says. It's put up something in my heart that's anchored there that I didn't put in myself. The Holy Ghost put it there. God got truth for me. I walk in the light as He is in the light. I'll have fellowship one with another one of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. For he that sins willfully, rejects willfully, as he receives the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. Listen here, men and women now, my friends and Christian friends, if the only thing that you know about is just simply coming to church, you stop that right now. Stop just thinking you're all right. If you've got an imaginary mind, well, I believe I am saved. And you see that you're always picking fusses, or you're always griping about something. There's something wrong with you. If you see you just can't keep enmity out of your heart. If you see there's something like that, don't be deceived. God is not lost. That's right. Whatsoever a man's toil, so shall he reap. That's right. The things for you to do, you say, well, I believe I've got the Holy Ghost, and you see it don't bear fruit of meekness and yielded and and 
kindness and gentleness and forgiveness and so forth, then it's time for you to shake out of yourself. For if you sin willfully as you receive the knowledge of the truth, there will remain no more sacrifice for sin till you come make that thing right. That's right. If you know you're doing wrong, walk right up just as humbly as you can. Search it out. Well, you say, I'll look it up some of these days. Some of these days may be too long. You may not live some of these days. The thing to do is search it out right now. Try it. Look at it and see if it's right. And if it's the truth, walk in it. And God will bless you. Let me tell you one thing before, just in a minute now, before we close. I'm sorry to teach you like this. But just let me tell you some of the things I know. If there's anything that I contribute to boldness to walk up before things when I know that certain, certain things that come up to challenges at the time before demons and powers, there's one thing that I can stand on. And I feel good. Two things mainly. One thing that I know from the depths of my heart, I've tried to teach the word exactly what it says. I know that God promised to honor that word. <laughs> I don't care what preaches it, what it comes from. If it's from a hypocrite, God will honor the truth. You believe that? I don't care if it's the biggest hypocrite in the world, God will honor the truth. Amen. That's right. I know that this is truth because I've read it out of this Bible. I know that's the truth. And the second thing, then, and I know that angel, when he met me there, he said, Don't fear, I'll be with you. Amen. That's right. Therefore, not knowing how, walked out without visions before things, not knowing what to do. When I got a vision, I know what to do. But when he don't tell me, I have to step right out there and challenge to the negative. Right there, I think, Lord, I have not shunned but declared the whole counsel of God. Everything in this Bible that you said do, I've tried to follow it. Therefore, Lord, in my heart, raise your word. You're obligated to watch over your word. Amen. If there's anything that I know that I should do, and I haven't done it, Lord, it's hid from me. I know I've tried to walk with you, and I know you've honored it. No, and I've told people, though it's hurt me sometimes bad to tell people, but I've told them anyhow, for it's the word, and I'll never tell them to do it unless I do it myself. Walked up like that. Now it's walking a little closer, and I think, Lord, see that power standing under that demon, ready to challenge you and giving you a dare to come to him. I said, Lord, it's not my word, it's yours I'm standing on now. Walking on out there, taking my time. I get there, I think, oh, angel of God, let your presence come here. For you and your servant that was sent to protect me, daughter, and you promised me there if I go, you'd be with me. So I walk right on out there and say, Then in the name of Jesus Christ, I tell the truth. What demons scream? What things they praise? Because God's obligated to his word. But if I know these things were true, like baptisms and the baptism of the Holy Ghost and all these other operations and things, and know there was a truth, and just because I want to be popular amongst them, let somebody pat me on back and say, Doctor, Reverend, or a Bishop, or whatever it is, you, 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 you preach the good sermon, that's the praise of man. I'd rather be snickering and laughing at me and making all kinds of fun of me and know that I've stood true to God. Amen. That's true. I don't want praises of man. I want the praises of God. I want to know that I have not shunned to declare the truth. Then if you reject it, that's up to you. See? That's right. But let me tell you the gospel truth now in the coming revival. Except the man be born of water and of spirit, he will in no wise enter into the kingdom. Amen. The words of Jesus Christ in St. John the third chapter. 
He told a great ruler that was a religious man. He was a renowned man. He was a pious man. He was a teacher. He was a scholar. Everything that you could expect him, he was. But Jesus told him that he did not have everlasting life. Because he hadn't been, he didn't even understand it. He said, except the man be born again, we cannot see the kingdom of God. No matter how religious he was, he belonged to the biggest church. He had one of the greatest names. He was a teacher of the Bible, but yet hadn't witnessed the experience of the new birth. Have you tonight? I want to ask you a question. Flat right to the point. I don't say it to put you in death. I'd rather be embarrassed here than embarrassed there. Wouldn't you rather do that? There's many of you here speaking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Many of you here have watched me since I was a boy. Just a little kid here, or in my teenage, preaching the gospel. And I haven't buried one speck from the gospel I started with. I still teach the same thing. Because it wasn't given to me by some seminary. Neither was it taught by a man. It comes by revelation of the Bible. That's right. Therefore, I know it comes from God, and I've stayed with the same gospel. Many years ago, I preached the water baptism in Jesus Christ's name. Many years ago, I preached the cleansing of the human soul by the blood of Jesus Christ and sanctification. I preached the baptism of the Holy Ghost as a confirmation of the sealing of God's people away in the kingdom. You know that's right. I taught divine healing. I taught the second coming. I taught feet washing. I taught communion. I taught holiness before the Lord. I taught all those things to begin. I taught speaking in tongues, not the evidence of the Holy Ghost. I taught shouting, not the evidence of the Holy Ghost. There's none of those things you can say the evidence of the Holy Ghost are the only evidence. It might be the evidence the Holy Ghost is there. Singing might be the evidence the Holy Ghost is there. Talking might be the evidence the Holy Ghost is there. Any of the signs might be, and yet it's not in the fallible. There's only one person who can say the Holy Ghost is there. That's God Himself. He is the Jeremiah. I've seen him sing, I've seen him talk, I've seen him shout, I've seen him speak with tongues and all those things, and didn't. Their fruits prove that they didn't have it. You've got all faith, I guess, in me to believe that I have it. I do too. I, God knows it. I believe that you've got it. I have all faith in you to believe that you're kind and loving and sweet and everything. I believe that you are, you're Christian people. I believe that you've got the Holy Ghost. I couldn't swear to it. God knows it. So we can't judge for these things. You can't pin God down and say this is it because He is the judge. We wasn't sent to judge, we were sent to preach. Is that right? That's right, to preach. And I can bring the truth. If you reject it and walk away, I know the Bible says if you do that, then there's no more remission of sin. You come make that right again. That's exactly right. So if you see truth, you walk in truth. And now, when you're coming, I want to ask you something. How many here say, Brother Bill, right out? Just as plain as I can before the public, and I may die before I even leave this building. But I want God to know and the people to know here that I want the true baptism of the Holy Ghost. Would you raise your hand and say, I really want the true baptism? God bless you. Now we got a chance for revival. And listen, friends, don't come saying, well, now, if I feel real cold and if I get it, wait, sister got it, wait, sister got it, don't you look for it that way. You just come with a pure heart believing that Jesus Christ is the Savior, and you've accepted Him, and you believe God will keep His Word, and you're looking to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He'll give it to you. Say, Lord, I'll just, any way you pour it into me, just so I get the Holy Ghost. That's all Amen. I want is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Give me something that'll take this selfishness away. Give me something that'll take all this fear and doubting away. My Lord, don't make, if you make me shout, I'll see another shout in a minute. 
Don't make me speak with tongues. Don't let other speak with tongues. You didn't live it. The Lord put something in me that'll live in me. That'll make me walk every day as a Christian. That'll make me love my enemies. That'll make me speak good of those who speak evil of me. That'll make me ready to repent of anything that I do wrong. Come right out and confess it out and say I'm wrong. Forgive me, God. That's the kind of spirit you want, isn't it? Amen. Yes, sir. Make me humble. When my pastor sees something wrong in me, he walks around and says, Now, brother or sister, you ought not to do these things. Make me humble. Say, Yes, my brother. You help me now to pray. I don't want that kind of spirit on me. I don't, you don't want that kind of spirit, do you? You don't want to go around with a puffed up thing. Honey, you got no business telling me. I know where I'm standing. Oh, when you do that, friend, you can see right then that you're out of the will of God. You can see you're wrong to begin with. Why not be humble and submit yourself to the Holy Spirit? Say, yes, I'm going to lock arms with the whole church of the living God. I'm going to move on. If I see something wrong with my sister, I'm going to pray for her. I see something wrong with my brother. I'm going to, if he continues on, I'm going to go over to his house and say, Brother, dear, let me have hold your hand with me. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. You know, we're, we're getting aged, and we, we don't want to go out into a devil's hell. Now, I've noticed you doing a certain thing. Now, let's, let's you and I pray over it. See, something like that. And then if the brother don't receive you, then uh, you can't help that. Then you get some other brother to go with you. And then if he gets hauled in, then you've done your part. That's all. Then go tell the church, and that settles it. Uh, now, you know I, good and well, and this little bunch of people sitting right here, you see the hand of Almighty God on them things. You know people that walk right here that claim to have the Holy Spirit. You know that. They walked up here and got haughty and different and everything else and walked out. And I come back, the pastor told me, and I said, did you go see him? Yeah. Did you take somebody else? Yep. Yeah. I remember Brother Shelby telling me about and the other different ones that went to the people trying to, I went to the people, I said, oh my, they ridiculed me, said everything, called me up, everything. I said, now look, my dear friend, this won't work. Oh my, you're just got out in the world and you're backslidden, you're like this, and you don't get no soul saving, all like this, and all you think about. I said, don't you think that I'm following the Holy Spirit? Lee? Oh, you're wrong, you're this, that, you're, you have to obey me, I'm the one telling you what to do. And you see right then, it's the devil. And I said, look, from henceforth, from now on, if you won't be reconciled to the church, they love you, but if you won't come back, then remember, I've been to you four or five times, each one of you. Then I've also told others with me, and you wouldn't be reconciled. Now I'm going to tell it before the church, and from henceforth, you have to be as a heathen and a publican. That's the word of God. No matter how flat it sounds, that's the word of God. Now I walked through the church, and I said, from henceforth, these people are not our brothers and sisters, because they have separated themselves from a seeming that I have in the Spirit, and gone out, and you see what's happened. Right. Right. You see what's happened. You can't get around the Word of God. When God says do a certain thing, that's exactly what God means to do. That's right. So now let us join up together. Let us be a bunch of people here in this little old tabernacle, not because if you want to take that name of mine off the front out there, they just put that on there. Just call it anything you want to. Uh, don't make any difference. You just call it church if you want to. It don't have to be a Branham tabernacle. Branham has nothing to do with it. Not at all. Not a thing. They just put my name up there because the deed was in my name there and they mailed up and I went down there and worked for doing the depression and they brought their ties in instead of me keeping it and not working. I put my own ties in and offerings in and the money in 
And we built the tabernacle here, and it's built on the arms of the people that they give to me to make a living with. I'll work and put it back in the tabernacle. And that's the reason they call it the tabernacle. That don't have one thing to do with it. It was called uh, a Neville tabernacle. It's called anything you want to. It don't make any difference. It's just a little place that God gives us to put our head. And in here, we come and worship the Lord, teach the Bible just as true as we know how. Brother has been challenged across the nations to places and every kind of thing, and yet God's Word moves on just Amen. as clean, just as clean, holy, and unadulterated as it can be. Come join up with us now. Not join the church, not join us, but come join into Jesus Christ. Amen. Love Him. And if God has so honored His Word to heal the sick and the blind and the afflicted and went across the world, surely He wouldn't let me go out with an error then, would He? When it's right here written in the Word of God, don't reject it, my brethren. Receive it, because it's the Lord Jesus, and you all get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's be one big happy family. Then don't come and say, well, i got the Holy Ghost. Glory to God, I'm going to have gifts now. Just let the gifts alone. They'll take care of themselves. God, when He sees you, wants to use you for something, He'll tell you what to do. He's going to do it. Don't seek gifts, seek the giver. Come in and receive the Holy Spirit. I believe we're going to have a wonderful time, don't you? Amen. Now, what is the unpardonable sin? Is to sin willfully as you have received the knowledge of truth. Is that right? For he that sins, and what is sin? Unbelief. When you look at it and say, that's the truth. But you refuse to receive it. He that sins or disbelieves willfully as he received the knowledge of truth. There remains no more sacrifice for sin. There's a proof there, right there. It's just exactly like you come up. Here's the same thing in a very way. This will, I'll close then. There's Jesus Christ, who's the Son of God. To accept him is life, to reject him is death. Do what you want to. You say, well, I don't believe it. Well, I tell you, I don't believe it. I just don't. Well, if you don't, that's up, that's up to you. You don't have life, that's all. Because that is the truth. Amen. Right. All right. The same thing on any other truth. That's right. To refuse, to reject, to disbelieve the word of God is unpardonable sin. Amen. You have no more right if you come up and say, well, I don't believe you as a Christ, then you'll never be saved until you repent of that and be reconciled to him. You say, this is the truth of God. If for that thing you say, oh, I don't believe it, then you're cut off from God until you repent and come to the truth. Amen. Is that right? May the good Lord bless you real richly. May he keep you healthy. Pray for me while I'm gone. Will you do that? That God will give me safety and return back again for the revival. And then upon this basis of God's written truth, we establish the revival. Amen. May God bless you while we bow our heads. Brother Teddy, if you sit up here to the piano just a moment. Give us just a little song of some sort while we're in prayer now. Father, at long, lengthy teaching, hard, cutting, healing the Holy Spirit, first come into the meeting and give us a blessing that He is here at the beginning of the teaching, knowing that He was here, then thinking, turning into the Word to the very fine point of what unpardonable sin would be, but to be, to disobey or to reject the Word of God. Then, Father, we look at that and think, oh, God, 
cleanse me from all unbelief. Let me believe that this Bible is your word. Let me believe that it's written here for admiration and for correction, that a man might stand before God blameless, knowing that this same book will be judged on. And he said, Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of this book, and doeth them. The same shall have a right to the tree of life. But those who will not do them will be counted as dogs and sorcerers and so forth, who to be cast out whose end is to be burned. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings. And he that will take away from this book put something in his place, the same will be taken his name out of the book of life. But whosoever shall keep all these commandments and do these things will have a right to the tree of life. God grant that uh, us in this church tonight will always walk in the Bible light and will do just the things the Bible says, not looking right or left, uh, just believing what your word is, is true. Help us, Father. Now there was many hands, oh, dozen or more, one up, maybe more, fifteen or twenty, that wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That proves that they're hungering, Lord. And I said, Blessed are they that hunger. Why? The Holy Spirit's already spoke to them. And they're blessed to really hunger, knowing that God is with them and giving them that hunger. Oh, knowing that there's something out there for them as long as they're hungry for it. There's like if a man is hungry for food, there's got to be food for him to eat. Now, Father, I pray that you'll fill everyone. Grant that they be filled with the Holy Ghost. Even before the revival begins, before this meeting is out tonight. Grant, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will come to ever mortal being here and fill every heart with his power and prayer. Grant Now, heal the sick that's in our midst. And God be with us. Bless us. Bless our dear brother Neville. We pray that you will keep him humble, Lord, and give him those wonderful, powerful sermons and teachings that he's been given to the church, knowing it is the same sensible, unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. God just pour down the blessings upon him. Bless his wife and family. Bless us all together, the elders, everyone together. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. My brother Teddy, that's, uh, you got a word you want to say for the name? Anything with the broadcast for next Saturday, I think, is all. The next Saturday's broadcast. How many here is Brother Neville on the broadcast? He's got, a, I believe, a half hour now. Is that right? Yes, go right here. Contributions for the broadcast tonight. Somebody just hand that to me after the service. We'll appreciate it. We're having quite enough money for the broadcast for Saturday, but it'll be here when the time comes. So we thank the Lord for that. May God bless you. Brother uh, Neville, stand right there at the door where people go out and work. they got something for that, if you will. That's fine. So be sure not to get it. As for his broadcast, he's trying to keep on the air. He beats people out in there, people who wouldn't come to this tabernacle. A lot of times I give a trial. People say, well, Reverend Dan, will you come over and pray for me? I said, come over to the tabernacle. Well, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, I just can't get time to do that. You know what? They're too stiff-necked half the time to humble themselves to come to this. That's exactly right. Maybe the pastor says there's somebody take them up here and they're afraid to be in the wrong company. If they think that, it wouldn't do any good to pray for them anyhow. That's right. You know what the prophet said to this Naaman? He said, go down and dip in the Jordan. It's muddy in the dirty water. He said, well, the water's up. My country's cleaner than them. We'll go on back to your leprosy then. That's right. So he humbled himself and walked out there in the muddy garden and dipped seven times like the prophet told him his leprosy left him. That's right. If they're too stiff and starchy to come to the tabernacle, and they can remain with their leprosy then. That's exactly right. God be merciful.
Oh, my friends, when I see the day come and see my age sitting up here and everything, what have I done? Oh, I feel like I haven't done nothing. I've got to do something for the Lord Jesus. I, I just got to do something. Oh, my heart's tearing out of me now. I feel good and strong, and I, I don't know what to say. I haven't been preaching for years, and I'm starting right now to start preaching. I don't know just what to do, but I want to win souls to Christ. I want to get somebody right with God, that's all. Yet in there, I feel like what the ministry is getting in, yet I've claimed better than a half a million souls to him. But that, that seems so little to the billions that's in the world unchristianized, you see. Just look at the millions and millions and millions that's yet to go. Let's go, friends. Let's go. Maybe you can't cross the sea, but you can cross the street. Let's do something. Let's do something for the glory of God. God bless you while we stand now. I want to ask you now, as we sing our dismissing song, take the name of Jesus with you. Look, take the name of Jesus with you as a shield from every fall. That's right. When temptations round you gather, breathe his holy name in prayer. How many will take it with you tonight? Say, God, I'm going to love you, Lord Jesus. I want you to go with me. Raise your hands way high now. That's right. God be with you, my Christian brother and sister. All right. Brother Rattle, back there, will you dismiss us in prayer, if you will? Brother Rattle.